This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul on a Friday afternoon, a beautiful, warm Friday afternoon here in Johannesburg, and uh, therefore a very warm welcome to all of our radio family. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining us again to be inspired and learn a little bit about some of the ideas of the Pasha and some halachas of of Shabbos. As I say, our Shabbos project continues well into its, I think, fourth or fifth fifth year. Baruch Hashem and Be'ez Hashem. We, we, we keep learning, we keep growing, we keep trying to improve the way we keep our our Shabbos, and that's something truly, truly uh, amazing. And as I say, it's 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 it really is an honor and privilege that you take the time, whether you're driving, whether you're at home in the kitchen, whether you're running in and out, to even listen to a small segment to a small portion. It's it's wonderful to have you as part of the of the radio family. And of course, Soul to Soul is an amazing show that goes out every day from Monday to Friday between one and three. And there's tremendous total, tremendous potential for learning and growth in all of the <coughs> shows and all the presenters that that uh, that that are on. Thought I would share a just an idea with you. One of the uh, very main concepts that we discuss in, in this week's Pasha and Pasha's Vayera is, of course, the 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 laws of Hachnasat Orchim, which is loosely translated as as welcoming welcoming guests. We see in the very first in the very first Aliyah the way Avram Ovinu meets these three strangers who appear to him to be to be Arabs and uh, the way he Treats them the way he well, the way he uh, feeds them, the way he looks after them. We learn, we learn from that many, many of the relevant halachot of the laws of the practicalities of how one is supposed to go about uh, treating treating uh, uh, guests. But I want to come to it from just a slightly different vantage point, and that is a bit later in in the parsha. We know that the Angels that came to Avram, some of them then carried on to to Sodom. Sodom was a city that was ra'im b'chata'im l'ashem ma'oy. That was a terrible, terrible city, an immoral city, a city where the, the very legislation, with the way they ran the entire country was so counterintuitive to any any kind of logic, any kind of morality, any kind of almost almost sense. And... Hashem had decided that that was it. He was going to destroy the city. It was after one particular travesty where the Gemara relates that there was a young girl who who tried to help someone, and they and they literally tortured her to death by covering with her with uh, with honey, and and then having literally the hornets uh, uh, sting her to death. And then Hashem said, "That's it. I'm I'm Zakasadoma Vamoraki That's the end of it." The only one who was saved, of course, was Lot and his wife and his two his two daughters. We learn about his two daughters subsequently that uh, they actually become the father of two prominent nations, two, or the mother, but uh, Lot becomes the, the father of the two nations of Ammon. And Moab, Mrs. Lot, however, doesn't have such a good... A good fate, the Torah tells us about Mrs. Lot, that Vatabet Ishto Meacharav, 
that his wife turned around behind him and Vatihinitziv Melach and she turned into a, a pillar of uh, of salt. And Rashi Rashi explains what's this concept that why did she become a pillar of salt? I mean if HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted even if Hashem decided that she had to to die there there are many, many, many ways that Rabban Islam can do that. Well what what was the symbolism in specifically turning her into a pillar of salt? So Rashi says that she did a sin concerning salt and therefore was appropriate that salt should be her punishment. Well, what sin did she do in salt? So Rashi explains that uh, Lot was busy preparing the meal for the angels that came to visit him, the two angels that came to his house, and he approached his wife and asked her, please, could you bring a little bit of salt for these for these guests? And she says to him, what? This terrible custom you also want to bring into this uh, into this place? And therefore, because she uh, uh, sinned in the issue of being asked to bring salt, therefore she was punished by, by, by salt. Now, there are a few questions that need to be asked uh, about this we know that we know that as i said lot was was had, had invited the malachim in and it says there by yaslahem mishte he made a whole feast for them or matzas offer and he baked matzas and they and they eat that and, and it sounds so that that lot by himself Prepared and and made all the the whatever was needs to be done for this uh, for this uh, meal, he went and and bought the matzahs. He made the 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 feast, uh, and we don't see that his wife is is mentioned at all in that whole in that whole uh, uh, preparation, which seems to to connote that uh, she didn't make any effort at all in the preparation of the uh, of the of the meal and and lot didn't even request from her to help except for this one little detail to bring to bring the salt and and that was the only thing he he asked for and and the truth is why why didn't lot ask for his wife's assistance in a more substantial kind of way in preparing this major suit the preparing a seder is a is a huge undertaking and why didn't he didn't he uh, ask her and only ask for this one little thing of bring of bringing the salt? Another another question that maybe okay maybe we can say that uh, no, uh, Lot didn't want to ask his wife to help him because his wife, as we know, was a Sodomite. She uh, grew up and 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 was nurtured and absorbed all the values of. Uh, of Saddam, and that's why he didn't really want him to ask her to help because Saddam wasn't really into uh, 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 doing chesed and 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 uh, and having guests. So then, why then did he in fact even ask her for the uh, for the salt? I mean, it was really wasn't it wouldn't have been a big deal for him to go himself. He's already doing everything else to go bring the salt. Why was it so important that he wanted her particularly to do? To do the to do the salt. Furthermore, what what when uh, when she says to Lot, "Oh, are you bringing this this bad custom 
into this into this town. It's, it's not so clear what bad custom is she is she referring to. Is it more generally the fact that she's uh, 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 questioning this whole idea of him welcoming guests and he says, "Why are you bring guests into our into our house?" Or is it specifically about the salt that she was requested to bring that she was uh, that she was uh, complaining? And also, why did uh, uh, when Lot asked her, he said, "Please bring for these." Guests. They could have just said, please bring for the guests. Why do you have to specify these? So perhaps the, the fundamental concept that would explain all of these ideas is we know that uh, in Navi Yeshaya, in the, in the Haftorah that we read on the, the morning of, of Yom Kippur, the Jewish nation comes and complains to God that we're good people, that we, we do all the mitzvot, we serve Hashem faithfully, and yet somehow God doesn't, doesn't seem to, to want to listen to us. Hashem doesn't want to seem to accept that us to forgive our sins. And Hashem says, yeah, because you may be great between yourselves and God, but what are you doing about caring about other people? And the Navi Yeshaya tells us, how should we be treating other people, and he quotes the Pesach and says, Perois l'rov lachmecha. <clears throat> you should share your bread <clears throat> with the uh, with the poor people. Va'aniyam rudim tovi bais. And, and people who are really, really down and out, poor people, bring them into a house. And the, the commentaries say, it's interesting, in the first phrase he says, share your bread with them. And then he says, bring them into bias. doesn't say beischa, into your house, but just says into, so to speak, into a, a house. And perhaps, the I'm going to say, the, the intention of the Navi was to let us know that in order to properly treat guests, in order to fulfill the mitzvah of hachnasat achim, you don't necessarily need to bring them into your into your house because the main intention in having guests is to give them the good feeling to make them feel that they're somewhere that they can feel at home that they can feel that they're in a house that they're that they're that they're wanted because you could have people that bring guests home, even into the house, and, and nevertheless the, the, the guest feels that he's not really wanted, wanted there. He, he can be in, he can be physically in the house, and yet somehow feel that he's still out of the house, that he's not actually wanted, that yeah, they're inviting him, kind of, so to speak, to fulfill their obligation, but there's no, there's no warmth, there's no warmth there. And, on the other hand, you could have a situation of a person who is not even able to bring a poor person into his house, but he he's so friendly to him. He has such a nice smile. He talks to him so so positively that the 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 poor person feels valued. He feels honored. He feels important, and in such a way, you actually fulfill the mitzvah nasach and without ever actually bringing him into the doors of your of your of your house and this of course is is brought down in various sources in Chazal it's a it's a Mishnah 
in Avastrav Nasan on the words you should accept every person with a with a kind countenance and, and he goes on to explain how does that work. He says that if a person gives his uh he can give a poor a, a, a poor person all the wonderful gifts of the world but his face is like sour and he looks like he's begrudging uh, what he's giving him. So then the, 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 the apostle considers it as if he hasn't given him anything. But if you greet a person happily with a, with a sweet countenance and you, and you talk to him and you, and you give him encouragement, even if you actually give him nothing, the apostle considers it as if you've given him all the wonderful gifts and goodies in the, in the, in the world. So we see that the, the, the attitude and what comes across to the only about how you feel about what you're doing is actually the most, the most important thing in the Gemara in, in the Kedushan, uh, 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 parallels that, or that a person can give his father all the fancy foods and you can go to Gehenna and you can feed him a bit of turnip and vegetable. But if the attitude is positive and, if, and the person feels that he really got something from you, uh, in terms of uh, of kindness and 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 feeling good, then you've done you've done the uh, the 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 mitzvah, and then maybe that is in fact why. Interestingly enough, the mitzvah is called hachanasas orachim. Even though you might really think that it should be feeding guests or giving guests to drink, because that really is the primary aspect of. Uh, of uh, of having guests, and it's true. Sometimes it is done by eating. Sometimes it is by 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 drinking. But really, the main point of the mitzvah is to make the person have the feeling that you'd love to have him. That he's he's cherished. You really want to have him in your in your in your house, and and therefore it's it's uh, you know even if you feed someone and. Don't actually bring him into your house, but you make him feel like he's part of the family. You make him feel like he's he's at home. You make him feel like he's he's so welcome there. Then then it is considered you've you've been You've even you've you've brought him into your home. He feels wanted and and uh, and desired. I mean, the reality was that even Avram Avinu didn't actually bring the three guests. Into his home, who are made him He set them under a tree out outside. They never actually even entered uh, Avram's home, and yet he he treated them and, and he and he related to them a hundred percent, hundred percent properly the way the way uh, the way guests should be uh, be uh, be be treated, and that's why, in fact, in welcoming. Yes, from from in fact the 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 home and the way that Avinu treated the guests, we we learn another important idea that when a person wants to fulfill the mitzvah of of having guests and do it in the best possible way, it's not just sufficient that perhaps he himself should give the guests the the warm kind of fuzzy feeling of being of being cared for and and being loved of of tovi bias of bringing them into into the uh, the the their home, but you need to somehow imbue one's whole family with that feeling, so that the person gets the uh, the, the the desire, the, gets the feeling that everyone that's there 
wants them. And that's why it says specifically that Avram Avinu involved both his wife, Sarah, and his son, uh, Yishmael, in, in the act of honoring the guests. He got his, uh, Sarah to make, to make the, the, the bread, and he got uh, Yishmael to process the, the meat in order that, so that they would also feel kind of uh, uh, mandated and 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 uh, empowered as part of the mitzvah and and the feeling because because the 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 poor person knows can feel that if there's someone even in the environment someone else and even if it's not the balabas who doesn't feel positively towards the guests and is and is a bit resentful that they're there that is going to come across. That that vibe is going to be in the air, and the ani is going to feel uncomfortable. So in order to fulfill the mitzvah of making someone feel that he's in the bias, that he's at home, you need to involve everyone and kind of uh, make everyone feel that they really want to be doing, that I want to be doing this, uh, this, uh, this, this mitzvah. And the, uh, the, uh, the major springs that we know that, uh, Lot, who spent quite a number of many years with uh, with Avram, so he imbibed. He learnt the fundamentals of of welcoming of welcoming guests, and therefore, once he learned from Avram how you properly make a guest feel at at home, so he wanted to create a home like that also. Where it would just exude warmth and 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 and, and sweetness and and pleasantness. His problem was that uh, he had a wife who, by definition, was literally not in the pasha, was not interested at all. In fact, came from a, a lifestyle and an ideology that was antithetically opposed to to uh, having guests and would certainly not agree to be involved. And that's why he didn't ask her to get involved in a major way in the preparation of, of the meal, but he hoped that by at least getting her to do something, even just to bring the salt, that would at least uh, uh, create a, a vibe, create a positive energy that she was at least prepared to do to do that. And that's why, in fact, he said, do it for these guests. And all I'm asking is a teeny little act of bringing the salt. And I'm not asking on a general basis. I'm asking just for this one time, just to create, to create the atmosphere. And, and she was not, she was not, uh, not interested. She saw that some being totally, totally, uh, uh, opposed. And, and even though Morris says that there is such a concept that women, uh, 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 are less forthcoming. Uh, than than men in in honoring guests, but still she went to the uh, nth the nth degree and was so stingy, and and said to him, what even even this bad custom you want to bring into into our into our uh, town? Now he said minig minig is a custom. It's not necessarily a a a a mitzvah, but a minig is something that's manhig a minig. Can can direct when when you when you act in a certain way that creates within you a certain energy a certain a certain uh, potential a certain uh, penchant to want 
to do to do something. So basically, she's saying to him, "What well, are you trying to change me into a person who's eventually gonna gonna do chesed? I, I know you. I know you." She says, "Look, you know, now you're gonna ask me to do salt, and it's just for these guests. Then you're gonna try to get me to do more and more and more. You're gonna try to turn me into something that I don't want to be. That I'm, I'm by definition not." And therefore, and therefore, she she uh, refused to do anything at a, at a, at at all, and therefore she was turned into a a uh, a pillar of salt. And the medrash, the the Tanadvei, uh, the no Pikirabeloza says that she this wasn't just an ordinary uh, assault. She she turned into a pillar that the oxen came and licked. Every day, and they licked it and consumed it all the way down to her feet, and then every morning, she it grew it grew again. And 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 the concept is again that she really preferred to give salt to the animals to to eat rather than to give to to the guests, and therefore fine. Mida kenegan mida. She herself became became the salt that the animals would lick and and come back again and again and again and again, and. Uh, and uh, and and like it, so we so we learn from this that, and and that's why it says she turned, she turned behind him. It says it doesn't say she turned around behind her. See behind her, she turned behind him. She was trying to, she was trying to undermine everything that Lot was trying to institute. And from her negativity, of course, we learn the positivity of 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 how one should treat guests and how one should create that kind of environment. In the home, we're going to come back with a bit of halacha of Maisa Shabbos after this break. This is one one point one 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 point one. This is Chai FM, and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. One one point nine Chai FM. We are back here on Soul to Soul on a Friday afternoon. Just before we go into Hilchos Shabbos, just a quick. Uh, update of the details of this Shabbos. This is Shabbos Kodesh Pasha's Vayera, the fourth Pasha of the Torah. Shabbos Kodesh begins tonight at 6.08. Eight minutes past six is the latest possible time for lighting of your Shabbos candles, but do it earlier if you have the opportunity and just get into the Shabbos mood a few minutes before you even have to. is great. And Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night uh, tomorrow night at six fifty nine, one minute before before seven uh, seven o'clock. Uh, tomorrow will be the fifteenth day of of Marcheshvan, sort of halfway through the month already. Uh, and the as I say, the parsha is a fascinating uh, uh, parsha with all the laws of Achnasasarchim, and at the end the Akedat Yitzchak, and then the Haftarah also. Uh, Two very very interesting and, and fascinating stories that also need to be need to be delved in. Last week we began speaking a little bit about uh, the situation of where one of the activities that is forbidden to be done on on Shabbos is in fact uh, is in fact done, and we know that besides uh, all the prohibitions of working on Shabbos, our, our, our rabbis added this concept that if Work was done on Shabbos. We cannot have a benefit 
on on uh, on it because it's it's almost a, a, a insult to Shabbos that work that was done on Shabbos itself, uh, which was an act of desecration of the Shabbos, will be called chilul of, of of making the Shabbat into 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 a, a day that has no importance at all that we shouldn't be benefiting, we shouldn't be using, we shouldn't be utilizing those things, and. There's, we said there was really no difference whether the activity was done uh, by mistake or it was done on on purpose. Nevertheless, no Jew can actually have benefit from it on the Shabbos day itself. Uh, although there are, there is a lenient opinion that says that if it was done inadvertently on on Shabbos, one can. Have benefit, and we'll see there are such certain situations where that that holds uh, that holds uh, uh, true, and and certainly in a situation where, for whatever reason, one needs the outcome of that activity. It's it's a desperate uh, uh, a situation, as we're going to explain a bit later. Then one could rely in a situation where it was done inadvertently. And use it and use it on Shabbos. The prohibition only extends, in most cases, as far, as long as uh, the Shabbos is still is still going. But on Maitzei Shabbos, when the Shabbos uh, is over, then any other Jew could have benefit from Malacha that was done even on on Shabbos, with the exception of the person who did it. Certainly, if the person did it as a wanton act of violation of of uh, of Shabbos, where he broke Shabbos, knowing what he was doing. So then, uh, in most cases, it is forbidden for him to have any benefit from that item uh, any time. And that uh, that is in the Shulchan Aruch and in Simen Shinyud Shinyud Ches. What about if a child, someone does not get a responsible adult, if a child does some act of breaking Shabbos. Uh, so then there it does make a difference. So if he did it because there was some some important need that needed to be fulfilled, he, and he stepped into the breach and did something, obviously he shouldn't do it, and, and uh, we certainly can't tell children to to violate the Shabbos. You cannot uh, educate a child to break, break the Shabbos. Uh, so... Uh, nevertheless, we cannot, uh, you cannot have benefit from that mullah on Shabbos. But again, as soon as Shabbos is over, uh, you could, you could have, uh, have benefit, but not directly, not right after Shabbos, but you have to wait uh, a few minutes or, or as, as much time as it would take to have actually done that activity after Shabbos, we should discuss what, what, what the concept, that concept, and you'd have to wait, you know, if you would start doing whatever activity it was when Shabbos was over, how long would it take to be completed? And only then could you actually have a, have a benefit from that, from that mulacha. However, if the child did the, the activity just for his own, for his own benefit, for, uh, for himself, then an adult could have Benefit from that, uh, from from that, even on uh, even on on Shabbos. Uh, there's a whole, obviously, a whole correlated uh, 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 
area of halacha, which we have discussed in great detail and may need to discuss again at some point, and that is in the, in the situation if a if a non-Jew uh, does activity, does forbidden activity, does malacha on Shabbos on behalf of a of a Jew. So again, a Jew cannot have any benefit from it until until Shabbos is over, plus the time that it, uh, if the Malacha was started after after Shabbos was over, the amount of time would have taken for that activity to be accomplished, and only then can uh, can a Jew have a uh, have benefit from fr- uh, from it. In order that we shouldn't be having any kind of benefit from uh, from any uh, any activity, and we shouldn't we shouldn't uh, sort of materially gain from any uh, work that's being done by by a non-Jew for us on our behalf on uh, on uh, on Shabbos. Um, if, however, uh, the non-Jew did what he did not for specifically for the Jew, but basically for his own benefit, for his own for his own needs. So then we said that a, a Jew is in fact allowed to have benefit from it even on uh, on Shabbos from what the guy from what the guy did and and uh, said that really the discussion of what a a a non-Jew can and can't do for you is is the whole sugya of of uh, non-Jews on Shabbos, which we did way, way back, and, and uh, there have been requests actually to go through it again, so maybe when we finish the full circle, we'll come back and, and do that uh, do that uh, again. In connection with the, with the non-Jew, there are even times where one's allowed to hint to a, to a non-Jew to do certain activities for one on, on Shabbos, and as I say, these uh, things our, our our discussion in in themselves and in uh, in certain uh, situations such as let's say one needs a mitzvah activity done or in a situation where someone is suffering to alleviate pain or suffering or perhaps to alleviate a a significant loss so then sometimes we even we're allowed to ask outright to to request from a, a non-Jew to do certain uh, uh, malacha if the basis of, of that activity is only a rabbinic, is only rabbinic. So we're going to come back with a few closing words after this message. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 Chai FM. Hello? Oh, we carry on. This is 101.9 Chai FM. We are back, or we actually never went away. We will carry, we will carry on. Uh, uh, the concept is that, uh, as we already have discussed before, if a a Jew did on Shabbos some kind of emlocha and and he did it intentionally, he did it as an act of of breaking of breaking Shabbos. So we said that the the prohibition of having benefit from that melacha applies to him, applies to any other Jew to have any kind of benefit from it uh, during the entire Shabbos, if, if, if it did it, it doesn't make a difference when he did it on Shabbos. It might be just at the beginning of Shabbos or sometime during during Shabbos day for the entire uh, 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 duration of, of Shabbos. That activity 
remains remains uh, uh, forbidden. And we said that even if <coughs> the, sorry, the person who performed the activity didn't do it on purpose, he did it uh, inadvertently, i.e., inadvertently by in the Shabbos definition, in the Shabbos context, means he forgot that today was Shabbos, or he uh, knew that it was Shabbos, but he forgot that this activity uh, was was forbidden in, 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 in counter-distinction to the situation where person knew it was forbidden and knew it was Shabbos, but just didn't turn his brain on and uh, and did it, which we'll, we'll, we'll cover in a separate uh, in a separate discussion. So if he did it uh, inadvertently, so then most most of the uh, of the halachic authorities say that even though it is it is shogeg, mo, uh, it is forbidden for any Jew to have a benefit from it on on Shabbos. Why? Because the chachamim did not want that a Jew should have any benefit from any malacha that was done that was done on Shabbos, and that that the the, the Shulchan Aruch actually says out uh, outright. However, there are some who are say that uh, no, that if it was done b'shogeg, that that doesn't that doesn't demonstrate a person's utter disregard an utter uh, 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 sort of uh, disdain for Shabbat, which I understand in that situation you wouldn't want anyone to do to do the uh, the the activity but if it was done only be b'shogeg, then they say you can have benefit from from it on uh, on on Shabbos and the Mishnah brings down that that lenient opinion in a situation where it's really, really necessary for for the activity. It's a, what what the Mishnah Baruch calls a shas hadachak, a time of of of, of uh, where there's you know, there's a pressing need for something. Then you could rely on this lenient opinion and and uh, benefit from malacha on uh, on uh, on Shabbos, but. Uh, uh, in, if you have a, a situation where, let's say, someone who generally does not keep Shabbos, he's not yet, he's not yet observing Shabbos, and, but he knows, he knows that uh, today is is Shabbos, and he may even conceive in his mind that the the activity that he's about to do, the malacha that he's about to do, is actually. Uh, uh, forbidden, so that would have to be considered as as mazed. That would have to be considered as something done on on purpose, and you wouldn't be allowed to uh, to uh, to benefit from from that. Even even uh, even according to the more more lean dipping who Mishnah Bura brought down before, where where b'shoigeg, we we do allow one to uh, to to benefit. But in in that situation, uh, 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 where 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 someone who doesn't keep Shabbos does it, they would also agree that that is in fact that is in fact uh, uh, forbidden. Therefore, if a a Jew goes and let's say puts a light on in a room on on Shabbos, and the room was dark before, and now now there's light, so then. Uh, 
the Balabas, whoever it is, or any other other Jew would not be allowed to have any uh, benefit from from that light. And uh, and again, if it's if it's a desperate situation, then maybe you'd be able to. Uh, to uh, to do it, but we're coming up on the end of our show. Our time is almost is almost over, and uh, just just left for me to really uh, uh, thank you all for being here and wish you all a beautiful beautiful Shabbos. It's really time to to you know, as I said, we we had the Shabbos project last week as as a prototype of what a of what a great Shabbos can be. But now you know, now the light now the stage lights are off, and we're being told right, okay. Now do it yourself. Make make a beautiful real Shabbos without all the props, without all the 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 chalabek and, and 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 the concerts and stuff. Because Shabbos truly and really is a beautiful day that every family can benefit from, can enjoy, and can really really get get into. I look forward already now till next week we can spend time again together. Until then, a big good Shabbos, Shabbat Shalom to all of you.